Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I thought I was going to make a quick episode, but it turned out to be a full episode. And I wanted to talk about some of the details, specific legal details people are very confused about with regards to this election. And I hope it helps people understand and put everything in perspective. Now, for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer, practiced for 30 years. I'm America's most trusted lawyer. I think Bill Clinton is right below me, and I think Hillary's above me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's go ahead and get the show started. So we're a couple weeks into this post-election thing, and there's so many questions about it. I see so much stuff on the Internet. And there's this huge disconnect between what's going on on the Internet and at these podium press conferences and what appears to be going on in the cases regarding this election and the supposed fraud and the irregularities. I've already made a couple of shows where I talked about it, but there's so much misunderstanding. I wanted to make at least a quick show about how the procedures and the technicalities work because all of these cases are all going to be about these technicalities. This is people don't, who aren't lawyers don't understand it. These cases are all won and lost down in the very, very tiny details. So I want to give people an idea of them because people seem to think that the Supreme Court is just going to have a case that's going to come up and they're going to rule on whether or not there was election fraud. <laughs> okay, a case like that's really not going to come before them. It's really not the kind of issue that an appellate court would ever resolve. But you're not going to get at the Supreme Court kind of a reversal that there was election fraud. If they find there was no fraud at the trial court, the best you're ever going to get is something called a reverse and a remand where they have to go back down and do something else, consider the evidence in some other way. The likelihood that they're going to actually render, reverse and render in an appellate court where the trial court found there was no fraud and the appellate court finds there, quote, is fraud, that's just unbelievably rare. Anybody who's hanging their hat on something like that is is living in a fantasy land. So first we have to get to the point where there even is a finding of fraud, if that's what they're looking for, and that the fraud was material to the extent that it was a sufficient number of votes in question that it could have turned the election in the state. And it's still only to the state. Because you have to do it in every single state. You're going to have to go through. You can't just get one case and show, oh, this election system they used was fraudulent and Trump won. It's not going to be like that. It's all about the details. And I've tried to give people examples of this in the past. They just want to go past it a lot of time. They just want to skip to arguing on the Internet about, well, oh, Trump got stolen. And, you know, he's a sore loser. It's, it's just idiotic. So... The way it first has to be is there has to be a pleading. They're really not pleading fraud in most of these cases. The fact that lawyers are stepping forward and and affirmatively stating that they're not alleging fraud. That's happening a lot in these cases. Now, I still haven't found some centralized location, which they should have. The Trump campaign should be maintaining a centralized location with with all of the PACER files, which is just the federal court uh, location where you can pull the dockets and pay for each page if you want to look at them or all the different state court cases where all those dockets, they should have a centralized location where anybody can go and look at all the active cases and be able to easily find the docket sheet and look through it and pull whatever documents they want. But I haven't found anything like that yet. They're not keeping that anywhere. And the very fact that they're not keeping that anywhere for the public makes me very suspicious about a lot of their claims. Because if you really had all this stuff and you were really putting it in the record, you were really making all these pleadings, then you would have a centralized location where any reporter, even though they're fucking half-assed losers most of the time, 
could go look because I'd like to be able to go look at some of these documents, but it's a pain in the ass to even go track them down. And I did it about 10 days ago, but I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. It's a fucking waste of my time. There are way more things that are critical that people clearly don't understand. Lots of people are under the impression that Trump, his team, his legal team, is somehow withholding all this evidence to spring it at trial, and that they're just not giving it to the media. (laughs) There's so much wrong with that. It's ridiculous. In federal court, there's Rule 26 disclosures where you mandatorily must disclose. And these things are quick. And and if they have the evidence and they're not disclosing it, they'll never be able to use that evidence. It will be excluded. So they have to produce the evidence. And all the kinds of evidence that we're talking about here with supposed uh, servers and computer documents and all this other shit they're claiming exists that proves all this fraud, which they very well may have, I don't know. But those would all be covered by mandatory 26 uh, disclosures in federal court. And most state courts have these kinds of disclosure rules, too, not to mention the fact that you've got a very compressed discovery time frame in situations like this. So the other side is going to have already sent them discovery in some form or fashion. In other words, put them on notice that the Trump team has to deliver whatever evidence they have as well. So there is no exception where you can just wait and then try to spring it on them. That doesn't work. It will be excluded from trial. And so so that's just step one. People imagine there's all this secret shit going on because they see all this stupid shit on TV and they think it's real. It's not. And there's way, way more and more stuff than that than just having the proper pleadings on file and having evidence. And I hear all the time people say, well, these affidavits are evidence. Well, maybe. We don't know how many are actually introduced into evidence. An affidavit can be evidence, but it's also not proof. It's just evidence. People don't understand there's a big difference between evidence and proof. (laughs) Proof means that the court has accepted it and it now meets whatever the legal standard is required to issue a judgment. Now you have proof. It's not just evidence is not proof because someone else may have some other evidence. The court can ignore the evidence. You're not required as a fact finder to even believe the evidence. So the fact that it's an affidavit, okay, an affidavit comes in potentially. What it comes in for, who knows? There's all sorts of things that it can only be offered for certain kinds of things. Can it be offered to prove that the program itself is fraudulent? No, it can be offered to prove that there's a question that maybe you can go look at it. I mean, we don't know what it can be offered for. These cases come down to details. Who has the burden? What can it be offered to prove? Do you put it in a proper form that can be admitted into evidence? Every single one of these stages, there's all sorts of analysis that goes on that the court gets to make. And that if you disagree with, good luck getting it overturned on appeal. And even if you do get it overturned on appeal, the best you're probably going to look at is being sent back down to that exact same court and having them re-look at it under a different standard. See, so this is the kind of detail you're talking about. I I made it clear in my previous... uh, podcasts about this. I think the whole system is a joke. It's a complete fraud. The idea that the candidates have to run around and try to prove that there is fraud has got the whole thing upside down anyway. It should be the state's burden every single time to come forward after every single election, and there should be a 45-day or 60-day period where all of these issues are sorted out, and the state has to prove that the election was basically completely pristine, not that it The candidates have to go in there and try to make cases about fraud. It's too complicated. See, the rules are complicated for a reason. They're there, all these complex rules about, well, you only have two days this, and then the board of electors can do this, and they can can re-agree to that, and then they can can certify, but they can remove the certification, reissue the certification. All these arcane rules are there so that they can build fraud in. Okay, the same reason that the people didn't get to actually vote 
on the Constitution, they had to vote for somebody to then go vote on the Constitution's ratification because they build these layers in so they can get whatever the hell result they want. All these people running around so shocked that there might be fraud in our election. Who are they kidding? These elections have been a scam since way, way, way before I was born. Joke. Complete joke. But it doesn't matter because at this point, we're looking at actual specific cases. In most cases, the plaintiff, which is in this case the Trump team, they have to come forward with some kind of evidence. Okay, what, How much evidence is required, which preponderance, clear and convincing. In fraud cases, it's usually higher than just mere preponderance of the evidence. Okay, you, You're going to have to prove something more. It doesn't necessarily have to be clear and convincing. But who knows? They have all these different made-up standards that the courts just dream up. Okay, so this is another level that can be hidden in God knows what. And the court gets to use it. But the reality is, I can present evidence to you and you can say, well, that's clear and convincing to me. And someone sitting right next to you can say, I don't find that clear and convincing. <laughs> so which is it? Which is it, right? So, And if, if you find it clear and convincing, well, now that creates an entirely different situation for the appeal. Because now you have a trial court finding. And trial court findings are treated with different amounts of sort of uh, respect. You have sometimes it can just be that the trial court made an error, okay? The trial court failed to consider. Uh, you, could, you can have standards like, well, you have to show clear error by the trial court. Clear error. <laughs> clear error is almost impossible to overcome. So you've got all these different kinds of standards, is what I'm telling you, at multiple levels, not only on the admission of the evidence itself, what the evidence can be used for, and then how much evidence is necessary. And each one of those stages is a judgment call by the court. So each one of those stages involves what is in effect a Barnum statement. Okay, Is it admissible? Well, in some cases, it's very clear. Is it admissible for this type of issue? Well, in that case, you're starting to get a lot more cloudy. <laughs> is it, in fact, clear and convincing? Is this sufficient evidence to, for proof? Because there's never just only one side producing evidence. The other side has evidence. And these affidavits, they haven't been cross-examined. You're not going to get this decision made based upon only affidavits. You're going to bring people in. They're going to get cross-examined. And we don't know what will happen. And if they do produce evidence, oh, I saw it flip boats. What does that mean? I saw it flip boats. <laughs> what is the evidence they're actually testifying to? Is that confirmable? If I'm a judge, that's not sufficient. That person could easily have an interest. I saw it flip votes. You get 50 people come in and say they saw it flip votes. Okay, how many total votes are flipped? How do we know we saw all the flips? We don't. How do we know there weren't votes flipping the other way? We haven't heard from those people. We don't, we don't have any idea. What does it actually mean? Does it mean that they were flipped and they never were flipped back? We don't know if they were flipped back. So what is it actually evidence of? What is that evidence of? It's evidence that something happened. <laughs> Is it evidence that, that Trump lost the election because of vote fraud? No, it's, it's evidence that someone saw numbers flip. <laughs> That's it. It's not even evidence that the numbers never flip back. And we don't know. Maybe the other side is going to produce evidence that, look, yeah, sometimes there's a glitch and it appears on the screen, but then it goes back. We don't know. We don't know. My point is simply that whatever evidence they have, they say it's on servers or something, they can't hide it until trial. Okay? It has to be in the record. And these public records are available. And anybody can look through them, and journalists are, and there's nothing in there right now to substantiate it. It doesn't mean they might not bring it later. <laughs> they might. 
But you can see that there's so many other issues that go into this. And the idea that it's going to be so clear-cut is nonsense. And this is on top of the fact that this isn't going to be decided by one single court at this point. There's going to be multiple cases in multiple courts that are going to be required to go Trump's way in order for this to all get unwound. And if they have evidence of this massive voter fraud, it's going to have to be admitted in each one of these cases. It's not going to be one case where you just go up and you show the Supreme Court and ACB says, absolutely, Trump's the president. Yay! It's not going to be like that. It's all about these details. It's all about these details. And every single one of these details is packed with Barnum statements, packed with shifting burdens. There's shifting burdens. You may have the burden initially to make what's called a prima facie case which means that you have to produce some evidence in order to move forward. If you don't produce some evidence, then you just immediately pour it out. But once you produce some evidence, or sometimes you have to produce slightly more than just some evidence, then the other side has to come forward and prove that that's not true. Okay, so And who has the burden of proof? It's a big, it's a big deal. It's important. Because like in a criminal trial, the defendant has no obligation at all to produce jack shit. He can just sit on his hands. And at the end of the time, he can just roll forward and say, we didn't produce any evidence, but they didn't prove their case by, uh, beyond any reasonable doubt. So you have to judge for us. So the burden of proof is important. And in civil trials, it's normally on the Trump team. So they have to come forward with the proof. And depending on the standards, and like I've shown you all the different ways that evidence can be interpreted, and the standards can be interpreted, well, we don't know what the hell the outcome's going to be. We don't know. And look, these systems, of course, they're, they're fantastically corrupt, too. Corruption in America is much, much more sophisticated than it is in most countries. See, in most countries, like you get fucking arrested in Mexico or somebody comes after you in Mexico, there's basically just a price sheet. It's like, oh, you got to pay X amount and then you can win. You give this amount to the judge, you know, you bring him a fucking uh, truckload of uh, avocados or something in a small county and he'll, he'll rule in your favor. Who knows? It's basically that blatant. And the people all understand that the court systems are a joke. The kangaroo courts, okay? In this country, people imagine the courts are not like that, but they are. The kangaroo system in this country, it's just much more sophisticated and expensive to be the winner and the player. That's all. Hi, this is Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, then go over to my Patreon account and become a member. Just go to patreon.com slash thequash and sign up. I have bonus shows, bonus material, and other stuff in there. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then support it. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? Well, step one is get more people to understand the situation. There is no solution without that. Supporting the quash is a way to help do that. The people running this scam have unlimited funding, so we have to stick together and step up. So go over and become a member today. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, in this country, people imagine the courts are not like that, but they are. The kangaroo system in this country, it's just much more sophisticated and expensive to be the winner and the player. That's all. Because there's tons of judges who are, in fact, very honest. They may be very stupid, but they're very honest. And there's a decent number of judges who are honest and they're quite bright. They're fantastically confused about what the hell they actually do up there because they don't understand anything about the Constitution, but they understand the narrative and they stay within it. Okay, that's about the best you can hope for. That's about the best you're going to hope for. But, you know, in this case, you've got Trump's lawyers coming out and saying, look, specifically in hearings, we're not asserting fraud. Well, you can't do any more than that as a lawyer. But he's got all sorts of counsel who are simply stepping out. They're withdrawing from representation. Well, that could be happening for a lot of reasons. I suspect it's happening because they're getting pressured because these are very high-profile 
firms with hundreds of millions of dollars in client uh, money that rolls in each year. And those clients are all part of the same kind of scam system, and they don't want to be involved in this and or they want to affect the outcome, so the people are pulling out. Well, when you have a case like this with a very, very short time frame to get it prepared, unlike a regular case where you have 18 months or two years, a case like this, easily two and a half years to get all the discovery done so you could take depositions, get documents. Here, you don't have that kind of time. You got a couple of weeks. (laughs) It's just very, very difficult to get anything done in that amount of time. I don't know what's going on in the cases It's impossible to know. I don't purport to know. I don't claim that I have some inside information. I'm not claiming that they don't have evidence. I'm simply saying that whether or not they have evidence or not, that itself is basically a Barnum statement. What does it mean? What the hell kind of evidence do they have? What does it actually show? What is it admissible to prove? It's not such a simple matter of going up to a fucking podium and saying you have it and saying it's fraud. That's not the way it works. You have to actually bring it into the case. And when you even do that, there are endless complications and problems. And since everybody wants this storybook TV version where there's a good guy and a bad guy, and so many people have a dog in this fight, they're just massively colored, they can't see through it. But think about all the stupid shit with the locker up from four years ago. Think how clear that evidence was, right? But nothing happened. See, nothing happened. Think of all those, those emails. The FBI makes this investigation, blah, 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 blah. And at the end, they say, ah, but we don't think you should prosecute. And so they don't prosecute. <laughs> it could have just as easily been they could have come back and said, they found all this stuff, and it's, it's an outrageous situation, and they need to be prosecuted. But they didn't say that. And those exact same kinds of subtleties are available at, like, 500 steps during a trial in something as complex as this uh, election case. And it's going on in multiple courts all over the United States right now. So you're getting multiple situations with all these different things. And that's why I don't follow it that closely. Because to imagine I'm following it closely would be a fantasy. I'd have to go and read all of the documents in every single case to have the slightest fucking clue about what's going on. And people think they watch a press conference and now they know. And they don't. And the fact that they hold those things and that nothing's actually being disclosed, no actual evidence is being disclosed, is outrageous to me. It's just just an attempt to to whip people up into a fury. It's ridiculous. Evidence is there. You can't keep it secret. These are public records. (laughs) Sure, in some cases, you can have evidence that is not available to the public, but this is a case of extreme public interest. There's not going to be any evidence that's going to be held back from the public. There's no basis. Hey, look, if you've got a personal matter and you're dealing with a minor and a kid, and yeah, there's all sorts of things you can request that the record be sealed and that the evidence be seen in camera, which just means in the judge's quarters, and it's limited. But in a case like this, that's not the situation. All the evidence is going to be available to people. All of it. There's not going to be anything that's going to be sealed off. Oh, people can't see that. That's bullshit. It's all going to be public. And right now, they're just not producing it. So all of these excuses people are imagining exist for why it's not happening are almost identical to to why it was that the deep state wasn't being arrested and taken down. Just a bunch of bullshit. Hundreds of thousands of sealed indictments waiting to spring it on. None of it's true. It's impossible to accumulate thousands of indictments without anybody knowing about it. It doesn't happen. So everybody who thinks all that shit's going to happen with the deep state A large portion of them have now transferred over and believe there's all this secret shit happening in these cases that's going to be sprung out at some special time. That's just not the way the system works.
It's not the way the system works. There is no springing something on somebody. It doesn't work. If you withheld the evidence, you tried to spring it, the judge would simply exclude it from the trial. They'd say, legal man, you were aware of the obligation to turn this over, and you didn't turn it over, so I'm not going to allow the evidence in. Boom, end of case. You're fucked. It doesn't happen like people imagine. And so if you're watching accounts and reading accounts and seeing stuff where people are saying there's all this special shit, they're waiting to spring on, it's not true. Does that mean that the evidence has not been prepared yet? No, it doesn't mean that. Maybe it's complicated. Maybe they have all sorts of issues trying to get it into a form where they can actually produce it to the other side. That, that's a possibility. There's all sorts of possibilities where they could have all this evidence. They could. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying it's not out there. And even if they produce it, it doesn't mean they win. It doesn't mean they win. It just means they produce evidence. We haven't seen the other side's evidence. We haven't seen it cross-examined. We haven't seen what it even means, as I gave you with the flip vote example. There's a million ways to destroy somebody's fucking story. Trust me. <laughs> I've done it. It's not hard. So I hope people understand maybe a little bit better uh, about the technicalities here and they can just kind of sit back and let's see what happens. Now, I didn't expect this to be a whole show, but I think there's just so much going on with it that it's, it, it ended up filling up a whole show. So, you know, people aren't talking about the kinds of issues I talk about. And my show is probably never going to be allowed to grow because I tell real truth to people. And that's why you need to support it. You really do. You need to go to my Patreon account, which is Patreon slash The Quash, and you need to sign up and support the show because the only chance we have, the only chance we have to fight a system this corrupt and huge is to stick together. You stick together. That's it. The other side, they have unlimited funds. We don't have jack shit. And people need to know the truth. We can't do anything until people know the truth. So I hope you go sign up. If not, then you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at US Law Review. And you can subscribe to my podcast and let other people know about it. I'm on all the podcast players. It's simple to do. Well, I think that's about it for now. So I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Taking away the